He is worthy of our trust. Amen. And he is, his ears are open to us. Maybe you noticed as you came in today in the hallways, or maybe you've seen a little blurb in your bulletin, we have a prayer walk that is uh, in the hallways of the lower section uh, down through the old building and even into uh, this building out into the hallway to the gym. Uh, it's going to be up all through the month of February. I would encourage you to take some time during the month of February, and come and pray uh, for the different ministries of the church, for the missions that we support, uh, pray for this community, pray for lost souls. Uh, That prayer walk will guide you in the things that we're asking you to pray about. Uh, Feel free to come through the week. Uh, Feel free to Uh, come on a Sunday morning, say, to first service and stay for uh, the ABF hour, and then maybe you would want to take that next hour and pray during the second service or vice versa. Uh, Pray during the first service and come to the second service. But take some time through the month of February and go through that prayer walk and spend some extra time in prayer to God. That would be a very good thing for you. Uh, and certainly good for our church and the kingdom of God. Last week, we were looking at some of the necessary partners of prayer. Uh, In other words, there are some things that go hand-in-hand with prayer. If we would give attention to those things, it it would be so good. It would make our prayers more effective. The three things that we looked at last week were as follows. I have them on the on the screen for you. We need to be humble. We need to be broken before God. God hates pride. In fact, the scripture says he is opposed to to the proud. And so we need to come before him as an empty vessel, a broken vessel, so that he can fill us up. If we want to have a more effective prayer life, we need to be humble before God. Secondly, we need to have faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, says Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. We have every reason in the world to have faith in God. If you look back over his track record in the Old Testament and into the New Testament and even into our daily experience, we would find that God is faithful. He has proven himself over and over again to be faithful to us and to be an all-powerful God. He is one who cares about us. He invites us to bring our extreme request before him. Matthew chapter 17 verse 20 says, truly I say to you, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. We need to have faith in a God who specializes in moving mountains. And thirdly, as we talked last week, that that necessary partner that goes along with prayer, we need to trust. And I said to you last week, this is the balance of point number two. I know that there are people in our congregation right here in this auditorium, I've talked with them, who have asked God to move a mountain. 
And they have believed that he could do that, but so far the mountain has not been moved. Well, the reality is sometimes God does not answer prayer the way we ask him to. His ways are different than our ways. His thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. And so what do we do at that point? When he's going a different direction than what we're asking him to go, what do we do? We could do this to him, but better to do this to him, to pray to him, to trust him, to hold on to him, to know that he is God and we are not, and to even praise him. It's not an easy thing to do. But it's what we must do. Might I remind you that the Apostle Paul did not have all of his requests answered that he gave to the Lord. He asked God three different times to remove the thorn that was in his flesh. And three different times God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. I don't think it's that Paul didn't have enough faith. He had plenty of faith It's just that God's plan was different than Paul's plan. And through it all, Paul chose to trust God. It's in these kinds of times that our testimony can be the strongest if we trust Him. Now that brings us to where we are at today. Three more necessary partners of prayer. The fourth necessary partner is this. We need to persevere. And, and this can go in two different directions. We need to persevere amidst our hardships and we need to persevere in our praying. Luke chapter 18 verse 1 says, Now he, Jesus, he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. Trials have a way of just pounding us, don't they? Pounding us into the ground. That's what Satan wants to have happen. He wants to pound you and me to a point that we just don't feel like we can even get up. He wants to discourage us. He wants to pile on the problems and have the pressure rise to such a point that we lose heart. If you're reading from the New International Version, it uses the phrase, give up. That's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to give up. He wants us to to throw in the towel and quit. God, on the other hand, though, wants us to persevere. And He gives to us everything that we need to help us be able to persevere. He gives His Word to us. This... Just just recently, I've had some things that, that I was discouraged about, and I found it interesting. God, again, he, he gave to me exactly what I needed on the very day that I needed it. I opened up His Word, and, and I was to read a particular psalm, and I read that psalm, and there it was, two different verses in that psalm. It was like He, he put them in bold print and, and put a star there, saying, Kevin, this passage is for you. And I read that passage, and I was reminded that God is with me, and God is going to carry me, and God is going to help me. And He'll do that for each of us. 
He will give to us exactly what we need at the very moment that we need it from His Word. We're His children. And He is not going to abandon us or forsake us. What else does He give to us to help us persevere? He gives to us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is there to comfort us and to help us and and to guide us. I am really excited about, as I finish this series on the subject of prayer, it's going to take us through the month of February still, but into March and, and then into April, I'm going to preach a new series, and that series will be on the topic of the Holy Spirit. God has given to us this special gift to help us. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does for us, He wants to help us persevere through hard times. We cannot fight this spiritual battle by ourselves, but the Lord has armed us with the Holy Spirit, and He who is within me, He who is within you, is greater than the one who is in the world. I love James chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. That is a wonderful promise of God given to us. His reward will outweigh any problem, any heartache, any kind of pain that we go through here on this earth. We just need to persevere and hold on to him for the whole ride. Brothers and sisters, don't give up. Whatever it is you're going through, don't give in. He has given to you everything you need to be able to persevere. He has given to you His Word. He has given to you His Holy Spirit. And do you know what else He has given to you to help you persevere? He has given to you the church. He has given to you each other. And we need each other. We cannot be the Lone Ranger when we go through trials. We need the support and the love and the encouragement that comes from the body of believers. So when you are going through a trial, you need to be open and willing to let people help you. In other words, you need to let people know that you're going through struggles. And then once that is known, those of us on the other side, we need to be willing to give you help. We need to be there for you. And that's our responsibility to one another. May we slow down and give the help and be the encourager that God has called us to be. Now, He wants us to persevere in our life through trials but He also wants us to persevere in our praying. In other words, don't give up asking God for that special request that you have. You remember here a few weeks ago, I was talking to you about having an extreme request before God. Don't give up asking God for that extreme request to be answered. Let me read to you what Jesus had to say about that. Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 10. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, 
and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and get him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. This teaching that Jesus gives to us in this passage is very clear. He wants us to persevere in our asking. Let me read to you another passage of Scripture. Luke chapter 18 beginning with verse Two, and might I remind you, this is, this is a teaching that Jesus has immediately on the heels of that verse that I read to you a little bit earlier when he is saying to his disciples that when trials come, don't give up. Instead, persevere, pray, don't faint. Listen to what he continues to say to them. In a certain city, there was a judge who did not hear God, fear God, and, tell, and did not respect man. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. Again, the teaching is very clear. We are to persevere in our praying to God. Let me ask you, how long should we pray to God for something? I suppose until He makes it clear that we should stop asking. I've had some folks tell me that they have prayed for someone in their family who who needs to be saved. They have prayed for them for years. And finally, they saw those prayers answered. Do you remember Jacob wrestling with the angel of God in Genesis chapter 32? He would not let go. He would not give up until he received the blessing from God. That's how we need to be in our praying to God. We persevere. We hold on to him until he decides to answer that prayer. Let me read to you an excerpt from this book. This is a book that I've read recently. It's entitled Extreme Prayer. It's written by a fellow named Greg Pruitt. He is the president of Pioneer Bible Translators. And that's, that's a ministry that is located in Dallas, Texas. They translate the Bible for, for, langu- for people, for 
tribes all over the world who don't have Bibles in their language. Before he held this position, he was a missionary in Africa, and what he writes about here is an experience that he had while he was on the mission field in Africa. Let me read it to you. He says, One day, two blind men from my West African village came to my porch. Sir, we are completely entrusting ourselves to you, they announced. We have complete confidence that you will help us see again. He says, Never mind the fact that I didn't know anything about eyes or medicine." We missionaries are not without our resources, however. I made a good speech about God's power, and I prayed for the two men. I rummaged around in my medicine cabinet and pulled out worm medicine and vitamins, which I gave them. I've seen that combination cure almost anything, he says. Over generations, the people of this part of Western Africa have developed immune systems that, that Americans could never dream of possessing. Malaria and several types of disease-causing organisms are part of their normal baseline health. It's generally not until they get a fourth or fifth illness that they seek medical attention. Often, if you can eradicate one or two of their illnesses, their immune system can crush the remaining invading organisms like beetles on a highway. So, I developed a reputation as a miracle worker by giving out worm medicine and vitamins. People sometimes walked all day long, even from another country, to get to my front porch. After those two blind men left, I thought it was the last of it. But like human boomerangs, they kept coming back almost every day. What else did two blind men have to do with their time? On their first visit, an adult held their hands and guided them to my door. The next time, a kid led them to my door. But once their fellow villagers realized that these men would continue to visit me every day, no one was willing to bring them, not even the kids. So they would stumble through the village searching for my home. Whenever they would find me, I would sit with them on the porch for an hour or sometimes much longer, sometimes praying, sometimes giving them a little medicine, always investing a big chunk of my day because I believed Jesus would want it that way. I tried to remain compassionate, but their daily visits absolutely wore me out. On top of that, deep down, I had stopped believing my prayers were doing any good. Yet these men were the very image of perseverance. After a while, though, they stopped coming. One day, as I walked in the village, I saw one of the men's relatives and asked what had happened to them. I almost fell over when he told me that one of the men had received his sight. Now, why was I, a prayerful missionary, so surprised by that? The teaching of Jesus is true. God answers persistent prayer. In this instance, I don't understand why he didn't answer the persistent prayers of the other blind man too. I can't explain why I haven't seen answers to all of my prayers either. But I have learned that the prayers of God 
that the prayers God chooses to answer are most often the persistent ones. Brothers and sisters, don't ever give up praying to God. I ran across this saying just this last week. The author is unknown. I look at a stonecutter hammering away at a rock a hundred times without so much as a crack showing in it, yet at the 101st blow, it splits in two. I know it was not the one blow that did it, but all that had gone before. And I think that's true with us as we pray to God, whether it be a prayer for a lost soul that needs saved, or or another request, another extreme request that is dear to our heart, whatever it is, we need to keep on praying to God, knowing that however many prayers it takes, that when He answers that prayer, it is going to be worth every prayer that we prayed. And to Him be the glory. Let me give to you another necessary partner of prayer. We need to listen to God. Now most often we think of prayer as us talking to God. But we need to know too that God would like to speak to us. And sometimes He can't do that because we're doing all the talking. And maybe you've been in a conversation like that with another person. You have something that you would like to say to them, but you can't get a word in edgewise because that other person is doing all of the talking. They are talking so fast. And they are nonstop in their talking. I wonder if God sometimes feels like that towards us. He would like to speak to us. He'd like for us to open our ear to Him and hear what He's got to say, but He's realizing that we're too busy doing all the talking to Him. It's just a one-way conversation. Listen to the following verses. John eight forty seven. Jesus said this, He who is of God hears the words of God. John 10.27, in his teaching about the Good Shepherd, Jesus said this, My sheep hear my voice. Revelation 3.20, that very familiar verse to many of us, Jesus said this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. You see, he does speak to us. We need to make sure that we're listening to his voice. Now, if you're one who's not saved, if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you'll just open your ear, I'm confident that you'll hear him say something like this. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. That's a direct quote from the Scripture. If you are saved, maybe you'll hear him say something like this, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
That's a direct quote from Scripture, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. If you're one who's carrying around a grudge towards someone, if you'll open your ears towards his voice, I'm sure you'll hear him say something like this. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15 says... That God's grace is given to us so that we, in turn, can forgive others. Hear his voice. You have someone that is mistreating you? Maybe hear his voice as he says to you, pray for those who persecute you. Walk the second mile. Turn the other cheek. Listen to his voice, my brother and sister. He has something to say to you. Maybe, maybe it'll be as simple as, as putting someone on your mind. To, to, to call that person, to text that person, to give them some encouragement. I saw an email just this last week of someone who's not been to our church probably for three years. And as I read that email and saw that that particular person was going through a problem, and, they and they've reached out to our church and asked us to pray for them, I heard God, and I'm not saying I heard an audible voice. I, I felt the prompting of God saying, Kevin... Why don't you get on the phone and call that person and let them know of your concern for them and that you'll pray for them. In fact, offer to pray for them on the phone. And so I did that. I got on the phone. I called that, that gal, and, and, and I talked with her, and I, I expressed concern to her for her situation, and I asked her if I could pray with her over the phone, and she said, yes, that would be good. And, it was a good conversation for me to have. It was a good conversation for her to have. You see, when we listen to God's voice and we obey His voice, it's a good thing. His will is perfect. I looked on a website just this last week as, that had to do with listening to God and it had a list of ways in which we might hear his voice. Let me give to you four of those ways. Through his word, the Bible. As I mentioned to you here just in these last few moments, that if we'll listen to his voice, he'll bring to mind a scripture as to how we should respond. We can hear his voice through a preacher through a teacher, through a counselor, through a parent, through our spouse, through a trusted friend. We can hear Him through other people. Another way that we can hear His voice, He speaks thoughts into our mind as we are praying. Just as I have mentioned to you, oftentimes as I'm praying, He'll put a person on my mind and I'm realizing I need to contact that person. 
Maybe that person needs encouragement. When God puts someone on your mind and is prompting you to give encouragement to that person, might you be obedient to his prompting? Here's another way that God speaks to us and we hear his voice through the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit actually becomes our conscience. If he is convicting us of a sin, hopefully we will listen to his voice and turn away from that sin and begin doing the right thing. God has something to say to you. You want a challenge to take away from this sermon? Here's a challenge for you. Open your ears and open your heart to the voice of God and get in the habit of obeying His voice. Do you remember Samuel in chapter 3 of, of the book that bears his name? He kept hearing a voice calling out to him at night, and he thought it was Eli the priest. And so what did he do? He jumps up out of bed, and he goes in to Eli to see what he was wanting. Three times that happened, and Eli was saying, I did not call you, Samuel. And so on the third time, Eli realizes what is happening. He realizes that God is calling Samuel's name. And so Eli gave to Samuel instructions as to what he needed to do the next time that he heard his name called into the night. And do you remember Samuel's response? As, as God called for Samuel, Samuel responded, Speak, Lord, for thy servant is listening. How about these words from the psalmist? Chapter 24, verses 4 and 5. Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day. Wouldn't that be a good prayer for us to pray to God? Lord, would you just, would you teach me? Would you instruct me? Would you lead me in the right way? And, and, and as you do, my ears are going to be open to you. Let me get to you one final necessary partner of prayer, and that is we simply need to be obedient to God. And that goes right on the heels of what I have just said to you. We need to hear His voice and not just be a hearer of the Word, but we need to be a doer of the Word. Because if we don't hear His Word, if we don't respond in obedience, then we're not going to be hearing His voice for very long. It will become more and more faint. Let me read to you 1 John 3, 21 and 22. It says, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we obey His commands and do what pleases Him. It sounds to me like obedience is very important. The same point is stressed in Isaiah 59, verse 2. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you so that He does not hear. 
Now, we could read that passage and go, whoa, what in the world? You mean God doesn't hear my prayers when I sin? Well, if that were the case, that, that would put all of us in jeopardy. But what the prophet is talking about there is willful sin. When we involve ourselves in willful sin, when we hear his voice and we pay no attention to it, and we go on living life the way we want to live it, then God is like this when we cry out to him. He does not hear. And, and the psalmist says the same thing in Psalm 66, verse 18. It says, if I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord does not hear. And so obedience is very important. We could call this righteousness. And we know where our righteousness comes from. It comes from from Jesus Christ. His righteousness becomes ours when we accept Him by faith and and we're trying to live for Him in faith and we are resting in His grace. And James says the prayer of a righteous man has powerful effects. You know what I'm praying for as I preach through this series of sermons? I'm praying that we have more prayer warriors in our church. That we would have more and more people who would get serious about prayer. Who would take the time to pray. Who would find a place to pray. Who would get on their their face before God and cry out to Him. And talk to Him on a regular basis, and to get to know Him, to love Him, and to have that relationship with Him, and that our prayers would not just be in the morning, or at noon, or at evening time, but that we would learn to pray unceasingly. And when we do that, when we pray, we will find that prayer indeed changes everything. And it will change you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, may these not just be words that go in one ear and out the other, but Lord, may they come into our heart. May we realize that that you are calling us to this challenge to pray. So help us. And thank you that you have your arms and your ears open to us. It's in the blessed name of Jesus that we pray.